Well, hello and welcome to the No Filter Needed podcast, where we cut the fluff, expel those myths and kick unobtainable standards to the curb. I am your host, Camilla Collins, self-image consultant, author and founder of multiple beauty and creative entertainment agencies. I am super passionate about empowering people to change their self-perception and reimagine not just the beauty, but the huge amount of power within themselves. And this podcast is in support of my mission to do just that. Hello, welcome back to the show. And boy, do I have a very special guest for you today, a super inspiring lady who goes by the name the Queen Bee. She's a former serial self-sabotage who grew up in the council estates of Preston. She has survived the adversity of domestic violence, homelessness, and single parenthood, to then becoming a leading voice in empowerment and one of the most exciting motivational speakers to hit the UK stage in a pretty long time. Fearless leader of the I Am The Queen Bee movement and creator of the Fly Anyway Foundation, Danny helps people the world over show up, wise up, and rise. So Danny, hello and welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm absolutely made up. <laughs> oh, it's so great to have you here. And uh, yeah, I said a bit of a whirlwind um, because I literally picked up your book the, I think the last week or a week and a half ago. And I planned to like, oh, it's a nice little read that I have. Well, just read over a week or two. And I literally couldn't put it down. And then after I finished, I was just awesome. And I wonder if she wants to come on the show. And here oh, you are. That means the absolute world. And when I was when I was writing the book, the idea was when I was sort of writing it and I was thinking about the language that I was using, I wanted it to be devourable. I wanted it to be something that you could sit down and kick in in a, in a few hours and, and then be able to go and do incredible things off the back of it. So if that's if that's. It's had the desired effect if that's how you found it. I'm made up. <laughs> that, that is exactly how I found it. Um, yeah, well, it's just, you've just got such a strong voice, which you would do doing what doing what you do. But um, <laughs> I just I just felt like you, you were, we were just having a conversation, you know, and it was really inspiring to read and really uplifting. And yeah, I just, I love it. I think it's, I think it's great. Oh, I'm um, thrilled. So would you mind sort of obviously I've I've read the book so I know your story um mm. and and it's an amazing one could you for everybody's sake um just kind of run through where it all started like how you got to where you are today how the book sort of came about and also I know we're going to go into the amazing stuff and um, that you're doing with the the Fly Anyway Foundation and and all the work that you do now with people but could you give us a bit of a a background Absolutely. Yeah. So um, it's quite audacious when I introduce myself to people because my, my business is called I Am The Queen Bees. And when I introduce myself, often uh, I'm, a, I'm a motivational speaker, public speaking coach. So when I introduce myself, it's always I'm Danny Wallace and I am the Queen Bee, which is a really bold statement to make. <laughs> uh, but it is much less about me than it is about the people that I come across. It's a reclamation of success, of, of wealth, of abundance, of happiness, of good relationships, because I grew up on the council estates of Preston and I was furious when I found out that the queen was born the queen and the <laughs> queen was born into abundance. She was born into wealth. She was born into prosperity. And yes, you know, there are, there are obviously not as, uh, you know, there are, there are, there are some not perks to being the queen, but actually there are more perks than there are than when you are growing up on the council estates of Preston, when you're kind of on the breadline, which is essentially where we were. So 
I had to kind of get to the grips with that, get my head around that and realise that, yes, although I wasn't born into those things, actually my birthright is to choose those things. And I might have to be a little bit more tenacious about finding them, but still, it's still a choice for me to go and seek those things and create those things in my life. And things weren't always kind of like that. So, I, like I said, I grew up on the council estates of Preston and we were definitely on the the, the breadline. Um, the, we only just had enough to live. And if I look sort of generationally, both backwards and to the sides, and I'm, by that I mean like sort of my grandparents, you know, my parents, my great-grandparents, aunties, uncles, people around me, friends around me, we were experiencing things like generational and situational poverty, generational and situational domestic abuse, uh, generational and situational sexism. Um, and these were all things that as a sponge, and I, when you're a child, you are a sponge, I absorbed. So these were all stories that I absorbed as a child. And that those experiences really went on to inform some of the decisions that I made uh, moving, moving into being a late teen and an adult. So um, I kind of, I say escaped my situation. It, it was not a terrible situation to be in. My dad was a very, very heavy drinker. The, the, the way that our family was when we were growing up was quite chaotic. Um, we would look after or at some point or other, all of our cousins, it was like a revolving door. So my mum would take in um, all of all of my cousins at varying points. It was a very busy house. We were kind of like the Waltons, um, in the in, in our estate and um, we always had different people coming to live with us and at the same time my dad really struggled with this and he drank and you know behind closed doors maybe wasn't the kindest he could have been uh, to my mum and and indeed to me and my sister so when it when I came to sort of 16 17 18 I saw opportunities to capitalize on my own talents which in my case was singing so I, I auditioned and then went off abroad and traveled the world and sang all over the world it was brilliant but people like us from where we came from didn't go on to become singers or entertainers or even entrepreneurs or even sort of largely successful. So in the back of my mind and, you know, the call of my family was very much, you know, you need to come back and get a proper job sooner or later. You've got to come, get, you've got to come and get a proper job. Um, and I don't know if that resonates with anybody that's that's listening out there that might have a job in the in the arts or might have a job that is more creative, a little bit more left field. Um, but that call eventually started to sink in. I came back to the UK um, with a partner at the time who, I guess, in response to my um, kind of chaotic upbringing and and understanding of relationships I really wanted to create an anchor real sort of 2.4 children's situation so this poor guy he was really quite young for what for what we were doing we came back and we bought a house and we had a baby and we bought paid for our wedding and two weeks after we sent the invites out just a couple of months before the wedding he woke up one morning and he um he just said I, I don't want this this is not what I want for my life which was you can imagine Camilla a bit of a kick in the nuts yeah. <laughs> so it, it left me feeling quite vulnerable it really threw out I tried to kind of recontrol my situation and actually, um, what I'd done is is not, and I'd become quite vulnerable. And in being quite vulnerable, um, 
I got into another relationship relatively quickly, in fact, very quickly after that. And that relationship turned sour pretty quickly. So I experienced myself domestic abuse uh, and eventually domestic violence. And we needed to get the intervention of the courts in order to to sort of untangle ourselves from each other, I guess. Um, So that left me and then at the time two under three year olds and I'm holding on all the while to my corporate job now my corporate job was incredible I was a leadership trainer I was a induction trainer I would be training sales skills and leadership skills to directors to senior management it was brilliant but underneath all the while uh, was this sort of duality going on underneath all the while my life was in absolute tatters so I was holding on for dear life to my corporate job and then actually I was taking my kids to food banks because we weren't able to afford um, we weren't able to afford to fill our cupboards up Um, and there's this real strange limit I think where things like tax credits or benefits you know if if you're in the UK to get sort of welfare support you've got to earn under a certain threshold and what I didn't want to do was essentially come out of work in order for me to have to claim those things so I sent my kids to nursery full-time because that was the only stability that I could provide for them and all the while I'm sort of clinging on to this job and it was just a mess it was a real mess and at the time I didn't feel like I could um make a good decision I was so down on myself and I was constantly seeking external validation that I wasn't getting and I was just tripping up over myself and one night all of this two in a throw you can imagine that was feeling really really vulnerable and really quite scared and 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 frankly I wasn't my I wasn't being a good friend to myself um and at the time I was getting support from my mum my sister and a few of my friends and we would sofa sit and one night I'm tucking my kids in uh, to bed and I was about to leave to go and work out of London for a couple of days whilst my mum cared for the kids and I remember getting in the car that night and it was one of those like movie style rock bottom moments where I just cried because I didn't know how to carry on living I didn't know that I was any worth to anybody, let alone the kids. I was just letting these, let my girls down on the daily, let my family down. I didn't feel like I had any worth. And I wouldn't say that, you know, I felt suicidal, but I didn't know how to carry on living. I didn't know what else to do. And I sort of in that moment realized that either I was going to have life keep happening to me and I was just going to be a victim and that was not going to end well for anyone or I was going to happen to life. I was going to have to take some responsibility for my outcomes in these situations, you know, out of pride and fear. I wasn't really asking for help. I was frightened of looking at my finances. I was frightened of looking at my talents um, for fear of what I would uncover. And so what I started to do at that point was a lot of personal development, a lot of reaching out, a lot of holding my hands up and saying, you know, you know, I do need help in this situation. Um, I've got to start facing up to the reality of where I'm at. And, you know, slowly but surely managed to unpick everything and, be- and begin my life again and really start from scratch. Um, and once things have got settled and yeah, you'd be happy to know that things are OK now, like I, <laughs> we're all safe. Um, better than we, okay though now <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely and it all really stemmed from that pivotal point Miller in that when I decided that I was going to choose better for myself and just 
try every single day to make better choices for myself instead of just allowing the day to happen to me I could get more intentional about where it was that I was going so a few years later you know we found somewhere to live and found my now husband who is just incredibly such a support had another baby since we got married and things are you know much much more settled now Um, moved out of corporate and started working for myself and started singing I built an incredible business um in entertainment I would sing you know all over the UK and it was great but I thought this time in the week where I had these fantastic skills or all these fantastic skills this business acumen this ability to build my own business and real insider corporate knowledge and I wasn't really helping anybody let alone myself with this knowledge so the seed was sown for what I do now I was watching the B movie with my kids and have you seen it uh, yeah not for ages um, yeah it's 2007 it came out in 2007 and there's this quote at the beginning and it goes um according to all known laws of aviation the bee aerodynamically should not be able to fly its little wings shouldn't get its fat little body off the ground and the bee however doesn't care what humans think is impossible the bee flies anyway and I clutched my pearls because I was like that's what I did I chose to fly anyway I, and if I can help other people to do that to take that responsibility and really turn their lives around I would be made up if I could make that my life's work and I, I often come across this with people who have survived something or have gotten through something often you find that survivors serve people who have come through adversity often leave breadcrumbs for other people that are in in that particular kind of adversity to help them through the other side and that's something that I really wanted to do so I created from that the I am the queen bee movement which is a, it's a network online on on Facebook where we share our successes and challenges within business uh, it's not a selling space it's a networking and relationship forming space where um you know I bring in different experts and we talk about building businesses we've got seven figure earners in there we've got people just starting out in business incredible eclectic safe space that I wanted to create for particularly women in business although I'm an inclusive brand uh, I just wanted a real cool safe space to to have those conversations without feeling like it was predatory um so we created the I'm the Queen Bee movement and started doing events and started speaking and became a motivational speaker. And then from that, I started to help people share their mission and business message. So I became a public speaking coach off of the back of growing the movement. I help, again, particularly women in business, although I help people of all um, backgrounds, genders and all manner of diversities uh, speak what it is that they do so that they can reach more people and make more money and it's just been phenomenal I mean the past two years the trajectory has just been insane as soon as I really got to grips with my purpose it became really magnetic and then now we've got you know the the business turns over multiple six figures we've got the book that's just come out it's gone international bestseller straight away and there's tv stuff coming up next year and it's just I honestly trying to catch my breath sometimes it's it's been fascinating (laughs) it's just amazing and I'm just I I just love listening to to all of this and like what what a turnaround of your life essentially of your your whole of your whole life and I you know I I resonate with um with quite a bit there of what not necessarily the um what it sort of looks like on the outside um I didn't grow up in Preston um and you know I didn't have the same experiences but it's that rock bottom that unfortunately it's like you you have to get to um, almost yeah. to, to rise from the ashes and to just stage the intervention with yourself or get the help 
um, for, and you know, turn to the personal development and, and sort of build yourself up. I think that's when it's instilled. You, you can't help but want to help other people in that same situation when you've when you've managed to overcome overcome that because that you're just so damn grateful that you're still here and that's um, it yeah 100 yeah. like every breath in my body is is grateful and like I was saying about survivors serving and wanting to help other people the, the realization for me is there were very specific steps that I took that are replicable and this it wasn't you know magic and all of a sudden I you know magically got myself out of the situation there were specific things that I did in order to turn that around and I thought well if those specific things are are things that I could use then those specific things that uh, other people can use as well and it it seems a no-brainer then to share that absolutely well there you know these tools that you pick up don't you along the way um Mm -hmm. and you can you have then the ability to present the toolbox <laughs> to other people yeah. some tools might be useful and some tool, tools not um but there's usually something in there that someone someone can use yeah um amazing and and so do you sing do you still sing or I well <laughs> at the start of lockdown um that my my entire singing business and as many people experienced if they're in entertainment hospitality that whole leg of my business was kicked out so I had a full diary right up until oh February March next year but pretty much every single one of my singing gigs have been have been cancelled which is a real a real shame I was very very lucky that I had an online business within I am the queen bee to to be able to you know still create and still earn and still keep my family afloat so in short yes I do still sing but we're strapped for venues and it's difficult to to be able to sing in places we started to peep our head above the parapet in August and then of course you know the new waves of lockdown began from then on in so yeah I do still sing and I've got some really exciting things coming up next year uh, with regards to singing specifically but at the minute I can't and it really winds me up (laughs) I know well it's your it's your art it's your craft it's your release I'm sure and your 100% fun yeah that's it and have you because I I mean I've got so I've got businesses in in live events um in in makeup artistry but also attend entertainment and it's just been oh it's just been horrific hasn't it um and I've got a couple of musician friends as well and it's just it's obviously not the same on on Zoom. And the sound quality is not the same on Zoom. And I've had so many requests for me to, you know, perform in that space. But it's hard because, you know, the, the reason the reason why a lot of us are performers is to it's an exchange of energy. It's not just a giving of energy. Yeah. And, you know, tell me someone who doesn't perform because they don't like the clap. You know, it's <laughs> we've had a lot of that. You know, the applause is a huge thing, especially if you, you know, if you have a propensity to seek external validation sometimes. It's nice to know that you're doing a good job and you just don't get that when you're performing on Facebook Live or Zooms or things like that. No, I I, I agree. And it, it's the same always in a makeup sense as well. Um, I, I'm, I'm a makeup artist. I do makeup artistry in a couple of... If, if this was going to be for the, the rest of life, I'd rather be in Tesco's <laughs> or, or something else. Like, it's not, it's not the same thing. I'd rather be doing something else. It's that... Well, it always has been about that energy passed between two people um and more yeah. like the relationship even if that's one to many or one to one that even the, the makeup it doesn't mean the same thing whereas if you're singing I guess in the shower when there's no it's one all, there it's all connection you know and mm-hmm. one of the things that I think has been uh, the hugest casualty of people's connections that we are connective beings we are energetic beings and 
you know, for, for all that it keeps us safe, there is a, there is a, a a mental health, you know, poor mental health epidemic that is just around the corner from people not being able to connect in the way that they they really should. You know, if we talk about babies and hugs, for example, you know, babies fare worse if they are if they don't have physical contact. They don't, you know, they don't thrive if they don't have physical contact or you know emotional connection. And we are no different as grown ups. And we've had a lot of that slashed for us this year. A lot of that taken away from us. And, and music and hospitality and eventing. And when you, you know, for for people that are in the beauty industry, the givers of confidence the the mm. therapists almost the you know the the beauty therapy chair <laughs> is is somewhere where people also go and seek connection and I just think that it is such a we've got to be so careful and so mindful in the in the coming months indeed years about having maintaining that and finding ways to connect absolutely um 100% agree with, with the connection aspect and also I just think other a certain aspect of busyness to it and sort of doing things but I think Mm. everyone felt quite vulnerable because we live in a very distracting and busy world I feel yeah Um, (laughs) I I don't think uh, you know it's wonderful in a way um, because we have all these things to enhance our life experience um, not necessarily things that we we need but they're wants and and they're enjoyable but I just don't think many people are, are used to being on their own and I think that was a very vulnerable place to be in for a lot of yeah. people I don't yeah. know if you agree oh god absolutely absolutely you know some of my some of my closest friends are, are single people who who have active and thriving social lives and that always the legs were kicked out from underneath that and it's just I don't know what the way out is other than the way out right now. Uh, you know, it's, it's the whole, you know, at the time that we're recording this, we're just coming up to Christmas and there's this sort of five days alleviation and then the extension of yet more tear and all of that sort of stuff. There's just, I don't know. It's, it's a funny old situation. I can't wait until we can hug in rooms again. I agree. <laughs> there's going to be like Hugfest 2021. Uh, let's <laughs> host it. Let's yes. host it. We'll host Hugfest. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just, yeah, you can't plan anything, can you? I mean, I, I want to make a trip down to Bath and Bristol and I keep, I was supposed to go in November and I keep putting it off and I'm planning on going on the 12th, but then I don't, now they've got the tears all over the place. I don't know. Even if we're okay, they might not be or vice versa. And you just, you just can't plan, which is yeah, a nightmare. And, and- direct again direct effect on 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 my business so every every six months I have a celebration event it's called be inspired and we hold it in Manchester and people who have trained with me over the course of the previous six months come and speak on the stage and share their stories and members of the IATQB community come and you know network together and it's a whole convention of celebration and motivation that was meant to take place in September and then again in February and we've had to move like two lots of cohorts together till April and even then you know it's still not going to be the the 100% hug fest that we would like it to be but you know we can see the light at the end of the tunnel but yeah it, it was really frustrating originally it was meant to be September and then we was like okay well we'll move it to October I'm sure we'll be fine by October and then of course in October things were not fine um, and we had to pull the plug but there's all sorts of exciting things that you know I've got planned within my business retreats events all of that sort of stuff that we just want to get going again because they're so helpful they're so you know such great experiences and I can't wait to do things that I can look forward to 
Oh, absolutely. I hope you're back doing these too soon. Um, but you must, and you've been doing loads more online, I'm sure, and people have needed absolutely. you more than ever. Yeah, loads online, actually. Um, in fact, my, my, I've spent the entire of lockdown online in, in a way to keep myself in check, really. Right at the start of lockdown, there was a real... A, a real danger that I was probably going to stay in bed uh, later and later and later and we <laughs> just as a family we were just going to start to hibernate and I really need a reason to get out of bed so I started a, I started a little show on Facebook every day Monday to Friday I'd get up at eight o'clock and I would get ready for the day uh, and just talk to the people that in my audience and, it, and that turned into a thing that stuck I mean in, in a similar way I guess to this podcast with, with you Camilla that that you've created something and and then it it stuck and this is and this is what happened with the show at Wise Up Rise Up show so now now the kids are back at school we've moved it to uh, 9.30 in the morning but I interview people Monday to Friday at 9.30 in the morning and we get ready for the day and we share incredible and inspiring stories and incredible inspiring businesses and just really cool people every day in in a I guess a response to the media that we see that you know it's quite depressing when you watch yeah. the breakfast television I've stopped turning the tv on I don't want to watch the news anymore so I thought well if we can kick off the day in a way that is really uplifting and that can give benefit to people and value to people and give people something to look forward to and that's what the show at Wise Up Rise Up show became so we're in I think our sort of 250th episode something like that now God, wow. and uh, and then as an offshoot of that, um, we started. I say we. I started to raise money for um, domestic violence charities uh, during during lockdown. But by the seventh week of lockdown, um, incidents of uh, domestic violence and domestic abuse had gone up by seven hundred percent. So from the start of lockdown in March, week on week, it went up a hundred percent per week, and it was just frightening absolutely frightening thing to to consider so I created the big festoon and uh, a charity event that I did online from my bedroom um I organized it in about three weeks and I ended up <laughs> interviewing 24 uh, celebrities and global entrepreneurs over the course of 12 13 hours and and we raised almost 20,000 pounds for for women's aid and, and Gallup which is the LGBTQ uh, domestic violence charity uh, over the course of a day and it was just phenomenal the outpouring of of incredible people who who got amongst it and got involved so yeah I've done loads of things online during lockdown that actually looking back I got flipping heck <laughs> so that was that was a thing that I did <laughs> amazing amazing I love how like fresh this all is as well because you just you get shit done don't you Danny <laughs> because like I've, the book's only just come out I've only just read this and I've read what you've just said in it so you mean you know turning around most people spend ages writing a book or planning it you know and the story's in there from a while back but this is all all fresh stuff I mean we'll have another book from you by January at this rate well with... not by January because I think my husband will divorce me if I because <laughs> you can imagine writing a book takes up quite a bit of time and I wrote it in three weeks and yeah it was it was quite the feat uh, I had to take to my bed for a little bit after I got the manuscript done uh, but I, I, what I really wanted to do is document it all while it was still fresh because I am so grateful for it I kind of wanted to capture that 
feeling that you get when you've achieved something, when you've done something. Sometimes we don't check in with ourselves and go, God, that was something that I did then. So it's like a kind of a testament to the last 18 months, which really have been a whirlwind. And yeah, there are plans for another book. Not in the new year, though. It'll be more towards the later end of of next year, maybe early 2022. Uh, I've got got to prove some things first. I've got to prove that I can maintain all of this stuff now, you see. (laughs) (laughs) Keep up the momentum. That's it, exactly that. <laughs> Amazing. So 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 18 months ago, was that when you started the whole um because obviously you've you've started loads of stuff during obviously the pandemic, but that 18 months ago was longer. So that that's when you started the kind of the online um group and that sort of movement. Yeah, it was when I really stuck my flag in the floor with it all, really, because for years already, I'd been going live in my car as a means to keep myself safe when I was gigging, actually. So what I would do is I would gig up and down the country, and you can imagine, um, or the, as an entertainer, um, we would play, or I would play a <laughs> dressing room roulette, where <laughs> if I would go to maybe a social club or a pub or somewhere that I was set to perform and there would be no dressing room or the dressing room would be quite unsavory or I would get a lovely dressing room, but I would never know until I got there. And I got sick of playing dressing room roulette. So what I would do instead is I would do my makeup in my car. So I would, in order to keep myself safe and to chat to people whilst I was doing it, I would prop my phone up on my dashboard and I would go live and I would just talk to people whilst I put my makeup on. And I would muse on life and I would muse on the personal development that I was doing. I would talk about mental health and got myself quite a following of just me getting ready. It would, I would just call it a get ready with me. And I'd do that on a Friday night and a Saturday night and whenever I was gigging um, and, and just go live really regularly like that. Just talking to people, asking them what they were doing and, and putting my face on at the same time. Something quite cathartic about putting, you'll know, being a makeup artist, something quite cathartic about watching people put yeah. their makeup on. So people would like arrive for the makeup and stay for what I was talking about um and and that really grew into this okay so we need to not monetize this but let's work out a way that this can work that I can actually make this my business because surely that I can and that's when the events began and it was it was July June July last year that was the real the flag in the floor the first show at Wise Up Rise Up show live as opposed to online um I hadn't thought of of creating anything really online at that point um and it was from the it was from the event that I created the Facebook group and the Facebook group grew and then I started to uh, sell online courses and started to teach people public speaking properly and it just grew from there but yeah June July last year was like the official kind of coming out of of the Queen Bee the arrival the inauguration <laughs> she arrived I love that it that was it yeah I think and just people are quite we're just all quite nosy aren't we us human beings we just want to sort of we like to be in on people's lives um, and see I think that's what a lot of social media is about is kind of just looking in or fly that fly on the wall kind of aspect so you putting on your makeup and also the energy as well you would have been energized just before your your gig I would have loved to have tuned into that had I known it was around back then oh yeah (laughs) and and the thing is it's People were nosy, and the, and because of the job that I was in, there was all kinds of scrapes I'd get myself into. <laughs> so it, it became almost, oh, God, what's she getting up to now sort of situation. Sure, you've got stories. <laughs> Absolutely. There was all 
thoughts that went on. And sometimes I'd be getting in my car at the end of a gig, it'd be half one in the morning. And, you know, the, the people that were night owls would end up tuning in and listening to me whilst I would rant about, you know, being scammed by agents or, you know, being being groped by punters and all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, it was it, people are nosy. And it, it's a catharticism for me as well. It's mm. nice to share those things. And I'm really lucky that the people that follow me aren't, are lovely they're just really kind nice people (laughs) have you ever had any sort of backlash or adversity um with regards to sharing stuff yeah yeah a little bit I think the only time really that stood out for me was my eldest daughter Poppy she's absolutely incredible and she so she never really liked dolls and, and pretty things it was always dragons and dinosaurs and uh, you know transformers and ninja turtles and and all of this sort of stuff when when poppy was growing up and if i was to go say primark for example uh and 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 look in the girls section there was nothing that poppy would like to wear there it was all very much um queen of the selfie it was all very you know the, <laughs> really damaging i think really damaging um sexism uh, within the clothing section so the girls the girl sections and the boys sections and actually if Poppy was to go over to the boys section there would be like legend or genius or hero or you know all these really strong words for for kids and so I've been to me and Poppy have gone to Primark and we've made the decision and I just put it out to her and I said look you don't have to buy anything from the girls section if you don't want you can have a look at the boys section see if there's some t-shirts there that you might like Anyway, she did, and she, it was really liberating experience. Actually, we were really cheeky, and we moved some of the the in inverted commas boy uh, t shirts over to the girls sections. I um, love that <laughs> rebels. <laughs> we, we, we were not fixing the world. Um, one Primark at a time. Exactly that, um, and it's funny because one of my friends did this as well at Sainsbury's not so long back as well. Again, I think it was a jumper that actually that said genius, and she moved some to the girls to the girls section. Um, but we did a live together because uh, my kids are very much a part of. Well, I work from home, so my kids are very much a part of my business, and you know I like to be a, a, an example for them of things that they can do when they can create themselves. They don't necessarily, if they don't want to, have to go to work. They could, you know, create things. They could monetize things that they create. Anyway, we did a live that evening because I just wanted to kind of ask her. Was into, she went, will you interview me about this on, on a live, mum? And I was like, yeah, of course, absolutely. I'd love to hear what you think about this and, and share this. And and that was the only time really that I got any trolls is because so many people shared it because it is such an emotive conversation um, that the, the live ended up going out to thousands of people. Um, and, you know, the, the trolls that came back, there were only a few of them. Most people were very, very supportive. But I got that I was uh, exploiting my child for, for my own ends, that I was um, I was trying to make her into something that she wasn't. I was trying to lead her to be gay. When actually we were just having what we, you know, we're having doors, which is just a, an open and honest conversation. And she really wanted to share what her opinion as a, as a you know, she is a straight now teenage girl. Um, but she just didn't want to wear those sorts of clothes and, and felt strongly enough that she wanted to share that she didn't want to be pigeonholed in that way. It's very interesting to see what sort of things create emotion. I always find that around around that particular subject uh, always tends to ruffle some feathers. 
Wow. I just blocked him. Like I weren't bothered about him. They just they got a short shrift from me, and and we, we we just block and roll. We don't waste. We don't have a lot of time to waste with the people that who you know who aren't your people. You know, you might be the ripest, juiciest peach in the world to quote Dita Von Teese, but not everybody yeah. likes peaches, and that's okay. I just yeah, it, it amazes me how much time, uh, how much effort people go to. Um, right, these, these <laughs> keyboard warriors as well, and it's like really. You just know, spend your time elsewhere, mate. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just, just mad. Wow. Oh, and, and I, I love that you, at one point, because you say my, my bouquet is complete or something like that, because yeah. you named all your kids um, flower names. I've got wild just, flowers. <laughs> it's so beautiful. So, yeah, so we've got Poppy and... So Poppy and Daisy. Yeah. Um, my elder two. And then we've got Ivy, who's the foliage to finish off my bouquet. Yes. That's it. <laughs> um, and she is honestly the provider of so much of, you know, my content at the moment. She's at that beautiful age, sort of between three and six, where their view on the world is not necessarily through rose-tinted specs, but almost quite literal. Mm. Um and and they're so accepting of things, they're so accepting of concepts, and it's just some of the things. I mean, that Ivy comes out with at this point in time are just beautiful. I wrote about them, um, one of them in my book about I don't know if you if you dandelions, if you, uh, yeah, about dandelions, yeah. and um, the fact that I I was coming out of yeah, I'd had a horrific morning. Two of the elder kids were just fighting, and Ivy was taking ages to get dressed. And we were gonna, I were gonna be that mum that we're gonna have the kids late for school. And I didn't want to be. I was, you know, I was doing well at that point <laughs> to get them out of the door on time. And I got them in the car, and Ivy was just coming down the stairs. And I looked at the garden; it was full of dandelions at the end of their their blooming season. You know, when they're all white, with like mm-hmm. we used to call them like clocks, dandelion clocks that you blow. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Make uh, a wish. Uh, yeah, and I was furious with my husband for not because there were hundreds of these dandelions. I was like, oh god, we're going to infect the whole street with dandelions. Oh no, <laughs> is they're everywhere? They're absolutely everywhere. And then Ivy came out of the house, and honestly, she lost her beans. She was like, <gasps> "Mummy, <laughs> look at all these wishes! Aren't we lucky?" She was so thrilled, and we were looking at the same thing. And and I found that really profound that we were looking at exactly the same thing and they, we just went to a completely different place with the both of us and we could all do with, you know, looking at the wishes instead of the weeds. <laughs> and, it, yeah, it, she's just, she's, it, it's lovely to get inspiration. I mean, from all of my kids, you know, talking about Poppy and, and her view of the world and where she's at and, and Ivy and her view of the world where she's at, it provides us so much, you know, content and context for for conversations that you know that I have and that you know that we're having right now I just think it's it's brilliant beautiful and such such an important story that one <laughs> I think because yeah it's it's perspective it's all perspective yeah. at the end of the day and um, we can always change our perspective absolutely um, absolutely amazing so where can everybody get well I know I got your book on Amazon so is that where everybody should go and get your awesome book I am the queen bee yeah, absolutely. It's uh, readily available on Amazon and Amazon Prime. It's on Kindle. Uh, we've got the hardback coming out in just a few weeks' time. Uh, so, yeah, we've got the hardback coming out. We've got the paperback. You can go to Amazon. If you just type in, it's very empowering when you do this, by the way. Type in the words, I am the Queen Bee, um, and it pops <laughs> up there. Uh, but, yeah, and the reviews have been phenomenal. Like I said to you right at the beginning of, of, the, of the podcast, Camilla, the way that I wrote this... I wanted it to be like I was sat with the person having a brew. 
because some of the best conversations that I've had with people, some of the, the people that have changed my lives, have, uh, some of the people that have changed my life, sorry, uh, are people that I've sat down and had a coffee with and connected with and they've shared their story with me and they've shared their concepts with me. And I really wanted to do that in a in a way that was that was informal and accessible. And, and the reviews that have come back have just honestly knocked my socks off. So I'm so happy it's been so well received. And, you know, I'd, I'd love if anybody, if anybody out there has read the book, then please do give us a little follow on the socials at the Queen Bee Danny and tell us how you got on with it having that connection with someone or not having that connection deciphers whether you take that information on board on board or not or whether it goes in or not and I think yeah you know you can only absorb that from someone that you have a connection with and you you build trust with even if it is three words on a page yeah absolutely (laughs) Um, and and I tell people right yeah I tell people right at the beginning that we're going to be friends and that's how I forge a lot of my friendships and some of the most influential people that I know that are in my circle now laugh because the way that I've connected with them is say hey you know did you know that we're going to be friends and sometimes they're they think I'm being a bit of a stranger and a bit a bit dodgy and then they realize that you know I'm just curating my circle and surrounding myself with the people that I aspire to be like like and that's how we framed the book at the beginning that you know that, that we're going to be friends and that through this book hopefully I can connect with as many people as possible and you know show them that you know they can they can fly anyway you can choose your outcomes your reactions dictate your outcomes in any given situation and when we take that responsibility back and empower ourselves with that responsibility again magic happens it really does absolutely it's a it's a very a very much needed book um, and I thank you for writing it as well. Oh, thank you for reading it. <laughs> oh. And where can people find you? Where can everyone go and watch your your makeup chats? Um, you, you still do the makeup in the morning, or is it? No, no, I do it very rarely now because we got. I found it rude when I started to get guests on the show. The, the show started <laughs> with me putting my makeup on and getting ready for the day, but we it's had to change because we've got so many incredible people, and I found it really rude that I was putting my makeup on while they were telling me about these, you know, phenomenal things that they were doing. So now it's it's, it's it works like a podcast, but they can you can find me on the Queen Bee Danny page on Facebook. That's where we have the show, uh, 9:30 every morning, Monday to Friday, or or across the socials, whatever platform form that you want it's the it's the queen bee danny excellent and i want to mention the flying away foundation as well because i think that's super important i know you mentioned it earlier um supporting yeah. domestic abuse survivors but can you just share a little more about that or even absolutely how to get involved yeah so one of the things that i wanted to do is when i got my family in in a space where we were safe and secure I really wanted to be in a position to to really give back to people that needed it people that may be in a a similar situation to me where they had really great business ideas but maybe not necessarily the means or the funds to make that happen so I was I was looking that I'm quite well connected and I was able to do swapsies with people singing gigs or coaching or all sorts of stuff not everyone's in that position when they're starting out a business so I've created the flying away foundation in conjunction with um a number of phenomenal business professionals uh, where uh, survivors of domestic abuse and domestic violence can apply for um, grants. So if, for example, you are a survivor and you have a business idea or you need a website designing or you need help with your branding or help with your business strategy, that you can apply to the foundation and one of our ambassadors uh, will be able to help and support you with that. We pair you with a business professional that's out in the field and we've got some phenomenal phenomenal ambassadors uh, on board um, and they will be able to apply so uh, in terms of it being a charity community interest um, company 
and we will be applying for charity status next year once we've been once we've been going for a year. So we launched that in November. Uh, all our ambassadors are just about to uh, be in place and applications for our business builders. So our survivors uh, will be open into 2021. So it's really, really exciting to be at that point. And we've got some real cool people on the board uh, helping people out ex- as well. So, yeah, really, really exciting times there. You're just amazing such an inspiration and and what an amazing cause so brilliant thank you so much oh you are so welcome (laughs) I have a question for you that I ask everybody that comes on the show what what would you love to see in the world what would you love for us all for the for the planet but for the for people in it as well Uh, this is uh, one of my core values in fact I would think the core value is kindness uh, we've experienced a lot, particularly this year. You know, if we if we look at the start of the year, even with Caroline Flack, the, the the conversation around kindness started and then floundered. And what we're finding in in times like, particularly 2020, when lots of us have been divided for many reasons, suit of being right, a lot of people forget to be kind. And I think that if more people were kind. I think we would be in a better state. I think we would be in a better place um, than than in in a lot of respects than we are right now. Um, so for me, the the pursuit of kindness as opposed to the pursuit of happiness is probably the thing that I would want for the world. I love that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. <laughs> well, it's been amazing to have you on. And I am I know we'll be chatting probably across various social platforms and I'll be keeping in touch. <laughs> no doubt at all. And please come on to the show at Wise Up Rise Up show. I'd, I'd love to interview you. Oh, I'd love that. I'd love that. <laughs> that would be awesome. Oh, amazing. Thank you so much, Danny. You're an absolute superstar. And just thank you for all the work that you're doing. It's brilliant. Oh, thank you for having me. All right. Take care. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. I hope you got some good takeaways from today. And if so, then please do leave a review. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode and you can find further insights and tools over at camillacollins.com.